1: Hi everybody, I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast, where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Joanna Oakey. Joanna has more than 20 years experience helping small businesses grow and maximize their value. She's the host of popular business podcast, The Deal Room and Talking Law, and the author of the new book, Buy, Grow, Exit, which steps business owners through the three critical phases of business, acquisition, growth, and winding up. Now, if you want to avoid the mistakes that deplete the value of your business and grow your business with an end game in mind, well, Joanna has some great advice. Hi, Joanna. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It's always some um, exciting to be on um, another person's show. So nice to be on the other end. <laughs>
1: Sometimes that's the worst, I think, because you 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 like asking questions and then you. I like, know.
0: <laughs> I'm so well, used to running it. I just have to remember to step back and let you ask the questions.
1: <laughs> now. You're a lawyer by day, but look, you've got that podcasting on the side and I you do. also seem to have a very big passion for for small business and how to make them um, be the best that they can be, you know, so that they, when they, they, they acquire a good business, they grow a business, when it's time to leave a business, they're in the best possible position to get out of the business and, and make some moolah. Some like, where did that passion come from?
0: Oh yeah. So I am. I, I say. I, I think in reality, I'm. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I am an entrepreneur at heart. I. I fully identify with all of our clients and the journey that they're on. And I. I've just been. I've seen so many things over the last. You. You know. I've been. I've been in law now for two decades, which makes me sound 110 years old, but I'm not quite that old. But um, I've seen so many business stories I've seen so many examples of businesses that have just you know really reached this nirvana at exit which is just such a beautiful thing when you see business owners who spent years and years and years and years building these businesses and we all know as business owners we we put so much hard work and toil into building these businesses so so great when I see these amazing stories at exit and you know I keep in contact with um, so many of my clients and I hear you know they're fabulous stories of retirement and those sorts of things post at the end of that business story. But I've also seen the other side. I've seen the side uh, where business owners, um, you know, have, have blown themselves up along the way, which is a really common thing for businesses who go through high growth to enter a period of vulnerability. And I've seen some really, really sad stories of business owners who have created issues for themselves by not having that legal infrastructure and the business infrastructure in place and and, and you know they've sapped the value out of the business or they've blown themselves up and then on the flip side i guess it's it, you know it's perhaps not that dramatic but business owners who get to exit and they've got nothing to sell um you know and and i just i love business um i i so identify with those entrepreneurs and the business owners that we work with. And I, and I just want them all to have that nirvana at exit. I want them all to experience, um, you know, the the fabulousness that I, I see so many business owners who have played it right can experience. So um, I don't know if that answers your question, but um, <laughs> that's, that's where it's
1: come from. So what do you think is the reason so many businesses fail when it comes to that point in time where they're going, ah, oh, you know, it's coming towards retirement. Going to sell everything up. What are the kind of mistakes that people make?
0: Yeah, I I think um, it, so. There, there's a couple of things, and and I'll just say you you know, um, in some instances, having that issue um, at exit isn't necessarily just about retirement. So what can happen is business owners, you know, spend a lot of time and energy on their business. And then they, um, you you know, they they get exhausted by the process. And I think we're seeing a lot of that at the moment. So post COVID, and and I say post COVID, you know, in in reality, we're still, you know, we're still in and living COVID, right. But, But from a business perspective, we've been through a horrendous period for many business owners that has been absolutely exhausting, exhausting in terms of their business, exhausting in terms of, you know, the life around their business, the lockdowns that they've been through. And we're seeing a lot of business owners who are exhausted, who are thinking about exit, not exit into retirement, but exit into something that they perceive to be easier. So, so I, I guess when you think about setting yourself up for exit, it's super important that business owners bear in mind that exit isn't just years and years and years in the future when, um, you know, I've decided to retire. Sometimes it can creep up to you really quickly because you're exhausted, you're over your business, or there's a health event that that um, you know has hit you. So that's the first thing with exit. I, I think the problem that many business owners make is they don't plan in advance because they think exit is going to be a long way off, and then suddenly something might happen in the meantime that makes them realize they want exit to be a lot sooner. So that's the first thing: a, a lack of planning um, along the way. And and I think the second thing is um a lack of building a business with a mind for what would make it saleable in the future, what would make it something that someone else that a buyer would want to buy. You know, most business owners um, I know don't don't come into their business thinking like that. They think about how can I make this business work for me at the moment. And and when we're talking about small businesses, many small businesses are a lifestyle business, which is fine. You know, that's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think the recognition that you can have a lifestyle business together with a business that you are also building for a value at exit is the missing link in many business owners' sort of understanding and education of their business.
1: So how can you make business owners more aware of um, what the value of their business is earlier on?
0: Yeah uh, so I mean the, the first step is education so so the, it's education about understanding what it means to look at your business, from the eyes of a buyer. And, and and it might be that you're not looking to exit the business ultimately, you might be looking to build the business up so that you can sit as an investor, um, you know, and just sit on the board and have a management team run your business, whatever, whether that's the case that you're looking for exit, actually, the ingredients for creating it are exactly the same along the way. And it's about how you set up a business to run in a sale ready state is also the same way you set up a business to be an excellent investment in the future if you decide to keep equity um, in the business. So it, it really starts with education, understanding what a buyer would want in the business, what will make a, what makes a business a business that is run in a sale-ready state and therefore an investment-ready state as well. So it's education um, and, you know, that's the whole reason I wrote um, this book that um, is just being released at the moment by Grow Exit um, to help business owners identify, to to help cover that education gap, to help them see the stories of the people who get it and the people of the stories who haven't had the education along the way and what that impact is. And to help them identify the step-by-step elements for identifying value in their business Protecting that value and making it something that ultimately a buyer would want to buy and pay good money for in the future.
1: Yeah, I like what you said um, a little bit earlier, like um, the the investment of your business, making your making your business investment ready, sa- a sale ready, and mm. then also protecting your business as you're looking to grow it. So, what are some steps? that a business owner should take when, if they're in that um, scaling period, they've, mm. they've seen some good growth, but how do they make sure that they hold on to the value of their business? Yeah. While great doing question. That? Yeah. Such a good question. Such a good question.
0: Because I said earlier um, and, and I'll reiterate because it's such an important point that businesses that are in growth phase are at one of the most va- uh, vulnerable phases Um, entirely in their business so it's just super important that within that growth phase they're thinking about the legal infrastructure because the reality is what happens is that businesses that are in growth phase usually have a business that grows a lot quicker than the infrastructure under it and what that creates is this um these sort of slow burning fires and sometimes faster burning fires everywhere around their business and 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 sort of takes their eye off growth. So it's about being aware of what those areas are in order to build the legal infrastructure of your business during that growth phase so that it can grow, so the legal infrastructure grows at the same time rate that your business grows or indeed it's better for the legal infrastructure to grow in advance of the size of the business so that you're protected and I cover all of the areas that you need to look at um in the grow section so so the book that I've written is broken into buy grow and exit and in that middle section in the grow section I, I really um I get into all of those areas that business owners need to be thinking about but just from a really high level um the, the sorts of things that business owners need to, to put their mind um, to is, you know, what is the value in their business? What's the value to them and to the ongoing operation of the business and the profitability of the business? And what might the value be to a buyer? And how have they then protected and locked in that value, so I call that the identify and protect element, so identify the value, lock it in that's the value elements then we've got the risk element, so we need to be looking at this sort of in the in the um, in the sort of uh, parallel of uh, value and risk so on the risk side it's about. Um, identifying again what the risks are in the business. So predicting what the risks are right now and what they might be for the future of the business, and then putting in mechanisms to protect uh, and prevent that risk from happening. Because um, we all know the saying, um, a, a stitch in time <laughs> saves nine. um And, you, you know, the reality is getting ahead of uh, issues in your business, being able to prevent them is so much cheaper and easier than having to deal with the aftermath of not having it in place. Um, so, you know, w- you need to look at your business from that perspective the value and how do you protect that value, the risk and how do you prevent those risks. And looking at your business from that sort of viewpoint, you then work through each of those sort of key areas of value and risk. So that's your staff, your customers, um, your intellectual property, the structure and your personal wealth um, and your your supply and key key partner relationships within the business. And the list goes on. So there's a list of about 10 for you to get your head around as a business owner. But it, it all comes from that perspective of identifying and protecting value and preventing risk.
1: Do you think business owners have become better at, at assessing and preventing risk? And is that kind of because of what befell everyone with COVID?
0: Um, it's it's a tricky one. As I say, my um, my perception of uh, the business owner reaction to COVID r- right at this moment is uh, there's a bit of exhaustion. I think there's exhaustion everywhere. And I think the risk with exhaustion is a tendency to take your mind off um, how you can build this infrastructure to protect you into the future. I think certainly the period of time that we've been through in the last two years has raised a lot of areas of risk to the forefront that as business owners, you know, we hadn't really been thinking um, very clearly about and in detail about, you, you know. So an example of that is right, right at the beginning of um, of this whole COVID outbreak, one of the biggest issues was um, was supply chain issues from anyone who sourced in any way from China, and you know, there's such a large. Array of businesses that source from overseas, and of course now it's not just China. It's it's you know there's all sorts of sourcing issues um, globally. But at the particular time when COVID, the when COVID uh, the COVID outbreak first came out, there there was a huge issue because all of the manufacturing plants in um, China had shut down for a while, and there was this huge issue um, with many of our clients in um, in supply chain. And it brought up this um, this acknowledgement of. Risk in in various supply chains, and also, um, it brought to the fore a risk in force majeure clauses, which sounds super boring, right? Force majeure <laughs> sounds. <like laughs> I, I can hear everyone, you know, just falling asleep as we're talking about it here. But, but the funny thing is, you know, in those sort of first three or four months, it, you know, everyone wanted me to talk to them about force majeure and what what that actually meant. And you'll find, you know if if you're interested at all um in in what force majeure is if you go and have a look at your supply arrangements or your customer contracts you'll find a little clause there that will probably only be given a couple of lines um in almost all contracts uh, that you have on on foot with the force majeure clause and the force majeure clause is is a clause that allows the delay of supply on the basis that um that an event has occurred that is beyond um, anyone's, uh, you know, force, mm. foreseeable force of nature, abilities of God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But you know, if, if you had asked someone what a force majeure clause was and what it did prior to the pandemic, you know, but people, it just wasn't a focus, right? But but once the pan- pandemic hit, it became a critical focus. So I guess that's an example of of the sorts of um, risks and risk elements that um, that these last crazy years have sort of brought in into play, and of course, there's been so, so, so many more. But I just use that as an example. So I think on the, on the one side, businesses have become. More attuned to risk, and and just as a side note to that, I used to talk a lot about some of the risk that sat in these clauses for organisations, and but no one ever listened to me until you know, and then I, I felt <laughs> you know at least I was vindicated. People, <laughs> yeah, that's right, vindicated, and people really wanted to hear from me then, talking about what they can actually do to protect themselves in the future. But but I think there's been this sort of body of elements that um you know have come to the fore that business owners hadn't really thought through in terms of risk prior. But I think there is this whole body of risk that has been, that attention is not being, um, you know, given because um, there has been so much else going on and so much that has been pulling our attention. Um, So it's just, I I think it's critical that business owners have periods of time where they come back and they just really, they, they assess um, and they have a method for assessing where the risk is in their business and what they've done to protect it hmm. against it.
1: So, you were talking about there being a lot of exhaustion and a lot of business owners kind of exiting their businesses out of exhaustion rather than the fact that they actually, you know, had planned to had, exit the business. Yeah, had got or, to the retirement or, phase. Or, yeah. 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 Um, so, what would you be saying to them? Would you be counselling them to maybe just take a step back and, and, rethink? Or would you be going, okay, (laughs) away you go, you've had enough, but it's it's time to call it quits. So let's try and get the best kind of um, exit as possible.
0: Yeah, I I would say when you're in a period where you're particularly emotionally tied to an exit is almost the worst period of time to Exit a business, so something and and you know it depends. You know, I'm I'm a big advocate of um, our time is short. We must um, make the most out of every day. We must make sure that that we, uh, you know, there's no point just sticking in in a business just um, you you know because we want to stick in there for you know five or ten years more so that we can make more out of it if if we hate what we're doing. So, you you know, the first thing is this recognition of what gives you passion and what you ultimately want as the long-term objective. But if you're looking at it from the perspective of wealth and you're looking at it from the perspective of how to maximise your wealth out of a business, then I'd counsel against making rash decisions. I would counsel um, business owners to step back. And to, to identify the exhaustion, to identify the things that aren't working for them um, and, and create a solid plan um, together with people who understand the business and understand um, how to grow in, 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 you know, whatever way they want. Grow it for exit, get rid of it now, or whatever, whatever that is, but get the right people around them to help make sure they're able to maximise it um, in the period of time that they have decided that they're willing to allocate to it. Um, I think the pandemic has given us the ability, though, to completely um, re- revise how we see business and how we operate within it. You know, um, in the past, prior to the pandemic, you know, um, uh, half of the clients that we dealt with probably didn't really know Zoom particularly well. Now everyone we deal with everywhere knows Zoom and how to deal with Zoom. You know, you know what I mean? And, and the whole concept of having a virtual business was so much more difficult prior to the pandemic than it is today. So there's so many opportunities for business owners um, to uh, reimagine what their business could be for them, and to to put new uh, a new thought process in place about what they can create. But I strongly counsel them to do it to do that in a very educated way to understand what they're doing if they if they're building for an ultimate exit well, they need to understand what that looks like and they need to understand how to build that. Um, and then they need to get counsel, you know, from people who understand the area to help them nut out the right time
1: frame for that. Mm-hmm. So what's your exit plan? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it's a really good, a lot of what I talk about here right now in the book, on the podcast, is, um, it is actually from my own thought processes and experience as well you know I'm like any business owner there's times when I'm just exhausted and you have to step back and wonder what it is that you're doing and actually um you, you know, it was probably about six years ago I'd, I built the business to a particular point and I was just exhausted at that point and I was having this sort of crisis of identity. What did I really want to do? You know, what um, was I really – I wasn't a doctor. I wasn't helping people live, you know, a doctor or nurse. I wasn't a teacher. I wasn't helping – um, you know, children learn and grow for the future. I was a lawyer, right? You know, so I, I was having this real um, you know, what do I want for my life? Do I want this business? Should I exit the business? And um, and and after some deep searching, you know, I, I thought of some of these stories of my clients along the way <clears throat> and how knowledge of how to protect a business and protect value in the business and prevent issues. Can be so powerful for business owners who are growing this business, and I and I thought of some of um, these examples, which I won't go into now, but I talk about these stories in the book that that really moved me of business owners who'd lost their business along the way, you know, and and ended up in some terrible situations, and it, you know, I realized what. What business is for me is, number one, I love growing a business. So that's that's the first thing in my business in working out what I want as the ultimate in plan. Um, but the second thing is I... Um, I strive to make a difference every single day, you know, and I feel that business is a vehicle for me to be able to make a difference um, and make a, a small difference to help businesses, you know, protect themselves and grow and find a way to to that magnificent exit. And then, and and you you know, we um, formed some partnerships um, at the time with a great organization called B One G One which is um, sort of facilitates business for good. And I found other sort of ways that we as a business can give and can contribute, um, you, you know, more globally as well. And so with all of that, I think I managed to refine the passion in my business. So that's the first step. I found the passion again. I found the purpose again. And so then exit for me became not about something that I'm building Ultimately, you know, I build a business for wealth as well, and and that's part of what I talk about in the in the book. But I build a business for so much more than that. Um, and so my ultimate goal is for the business to continue to grow, but for me to be um, perhaps an investor in the business and um, maybe sell bits of it off along the way or whatever it is. But but still create something that makes a massive difference um, at the end of the day. But I will always build it in a way that allows me to change my mind and be able to exit at any point for maximum value if that's what I choose to do. So, um, yeah, so so that's the decision that I've come to, but it also relates to me knowing um, very clearly about the importance of keeping options available and building my business to always allow me to have those options. Because, you know, who knows what can happen tomorrow, you know, and um, and I just want to always be able to be in the driver's seat of being able to make, um, make decisions based on the business being prepared for anything.
1: Um, you mentioned uh, rekindling that passion and purpose, and I think passion and purpose have become so important to so many business owners these days. So when it mm. comes to exiting a business, are a lot of them thinking about, you know the legacy that they'll be leaving behind yeah
0: you know what that's it's a fascinating question because there's a there's a really big role of emotion um for people who are exiting a business, for sellers, there's also a big role of emotion for buyers. And it's actually funny because one of um, the uh, one of the degrees I did along with law was psychology. And I actually think that it, um, uh, you know, ironically, obviously I'm a lawyer and I've built a legal firm, so the legal degree was obviously very important. But I think the psychology was perhaps one of the most important things that I could possibly have added to law, because understanding people um, is the key, I think, to being able to create great outcomes. And so I think that That psychology of uh, and that emotion of business owners at exit is really critical to to how they exit um, and to their experience of what that exit process has been like. So some of the business owners that we deal with are really focused on legacy. They're focused on legacy from the perspective of they've built this business that has, has a purpose and part of the purpose is related to what it achieves in society but part of the purpose is also Um, the home that it gives um, and the wealth that it provides for its employees and so I see in some of our sellers you know that is the most critical component for them that the that the clients are cared for that the staff are cared for and and in that way the legacy of the business sort of you know there, there is that legacy of the business some other business owners you know that they just want to get out and and you you know and, and and neither is better or worse you you know there's no judgment but i'm just saying some business owners um really just want to get out of the business and um they they just want to get um into their you know post exit life i find that the business owners who see their business as something much more and that they want to um to have elements that survive them, want to have elements that continue to serve the stakeholders within their business, be that the clients, the um, the uh, staff, et cetera. They're the ones who have the best experience of exit and they're the ones who ironically seem to get the best deal um, at the end of the day. So um, I think uh, legacy, it, it's ironic, you, you know, thinking about the legacy of your business um and thinking about it in that way of um supporting those stakeholders in the exit actually ends up with a better result even for you for everyone uh, uh, you, you know in the process
1: it makes sense though really when you think about it if you if you're only thinking about yourself and not not the business and the people involved in the business well It's not going to be a great outcome for anyone, really. No, absolutely, absolutely. And you you
0: know, you can see this in so businesses that are sold for say more than one to two million dollars will quite often have what's called an earnout. So that's a it's a um, component that's part of the sale price that is contingent on the performance of the business after the sale um and for for a period of time you know the earn out might be 1 year it might be maximum 5 years um don't sign yourself up to a longer earn out i think is the message but anyway the 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 point of that is if you're in a business uh, size that that is looking at a sale value you know more than say a, a few million dollars um it, having you're likely to have an earn out um, unless you've built a really strong management team that can run the business so that's another you, you know sort of pointer to getting yourself ready for exit but if if you haven't that that's okay you're likely to have an earn out but the staff you you know the 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 engagement of the team to the ongoing operation and growth of the business post sale can make a massive difference to you actually achieving that earnout or not you know and and business owners who understand that and and really build the value for their staff for their employees in continuing to grow the value of that business post that completion post exit um, are the ones who have the best relationships with their buyers are far more likely to get the me- most out of their earnout. Um, And, you you know, as I said before, create a happy process um, along the way that they look back and are very proud of and and happy with.
1: What about if I'm buying a business? uh, What should I be looking for in that acquisition process? Because I guess there's a lot of people that start businesses themselves, but there's an equal number of people that see an opportunity and buy a business.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know I'm quite passionate about um, buying a business, acquiring a business as opposed to startup. There's absolutely nothing wrong with startup, um, but it's just that in buying a business, you have you you have something that um, has a proven track record um, and is up and running from day one when when you when you come into the driver's seat. And and I think you know as entrepreneurs we can. Uh, often be extraordinarily optimistic and, and believe that we can achieve things in a much shorter time frame that is um, in is really possible and and you know that's the benefit of acquiring a business as it is is, you're up and running as opposed to you know starting from scratch you um it, I, I think as entrepreneurs will often always um, underestimate the lead time before you know you feel <laughs> ramped up to where you want it to be so so there's so much opportunity in buying and and indeed we're talking about buying here as opposed to startup but there's another there's another type of acquisition that I think is you you know um not not understood at all by SMEs and that's the opportunity to acquire as a way to grow your business rather than just organic scaling
1: yourself yeah (laughs) oh
0: look it's just and it's just you know it's it's a subject I am so passionate about because it's a way that I I can see i can provide so much um value in helping to shift business owners mindsets um, and all of the largest organizations use acquisitions you know just regularly to improve the to to increase the size of their business to improve profitability um, but SMEs you know are yet to really tweak into this um, particularly here in Australia and so you know that is such a it's such a huge opportunity uh, that I think is really exciting but whether you're buying a business you, you know instead of a startup whether you're buying it to replace a job that you've had, whether you're buying it um, to uh, help uh, increase the size and value of your business. For any of these, in any of those situations, the things that you're looking at in acquisition, really the same. And that is the clarity of what is it that is of value to you? How will that transfer from the businesses that you're looking at? And what is the risk um, of, of the businesses that you're looking at acquiring. So that's, you, you know, it comes back to that value and risk equation. Um, and once again, in, in my book, I go through so many areas that you you nut through in terms of assessing a business and assessing the value and its transferability and assessing the risk. Um, and value and transferability can can come through in so many ways. You know, it, it can come through in um, in in legal elements that we put in place, it can come through in deal structure. So the way that you structure your purchase of a business and the payment of the price and when you pay the price and whether you'll use an earn out um, or something like that as part of the um, deal structure. Um, And then, you, you know, that third element of risk, being super aware of the risk that this acquisition might create and ensuring that you've protect protected against that risk. So, there's a lot of things to think about. But do you know what? I, I think buyers often or potential buyers of businesses often get so scared with all of those elements that they, they hold themselves back. Um, and the reality is there's a, you know, there's a roadmap. It's not that hard. You just need to be aware and educated.
1: What's the roadmap in a nutshell? <laughs> well,
0: the, the roadmap comes down to you'll have to read the book to find out. <laughs> but the roadmap the roadmap is is more you know more complicated than, than I can give. Um, voice to in in a few minutes but it's just more it's more about recognizing the value that you're after the the risk um that is there and then setting out you know understand what you're looking for understand how you can drive the best deal um, within that understand due diligence and how you evaluate businesses and deals and evaluate that that uh, value in that risk. Um, in each of those key areas that we sort of talked about with growing a business, you know, there's there's value and risk in staff. There's value and risk in client bases. There's value and risk in intellectual property. Value and risks sometimes in premises um, that that the business is in. So there's you know there's sort of there's sort of a whole list, a checklist that you can go through to work out value risk and how you structure a deal, how you find the best deal, um, how you find the right business and how you structure the deal in the best way to um, ensure that you transfer that value and protect against that risk.
1: Thank you so much, Joanna. That's just been a really (laughs) valuable conversation today. Um, Buy, grow, exit, where can we get it? Oh, wonderful. Well, head over to
0: buygrowexit.com.au and you'll be able to get yourself a copy there. And also we've got heaps and heaps of free resources if you're interested. We have um, scorecards for if you're buying a business, how ready you are. If you're growing a business, how protected your business is or where you know the biggest risk might be for you. And if you're preparing for exit of your business, you know how your business would fare if you were to exit right now. So we've got those scorecards we've got due diligence lists if you're looking to buy a business we've got a whole heap of um, podcast episodes that we um, refer to that relate to each of these different phases and of course in the book itself um, I step out um, all of these areas but if you don't want to buy the book that's fine you can still go and get all of our free resources because uh, I just want business owners to be educated along the way.
1: Ah, oh, thank you so much, and that's <laughs> so awesome of you to provide resources without people having to give over an arm and a leg. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> oh
0: look, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I do. I just I love talking about this topic, and and I'm I'm super passionate about business owners sort of getting their head around this. This amazing trilogy of buying, growing, maybe buying again, growing again, buying again, growing again, and then exiting. But just the importance of business owners to have their heads around how each of these areas work and and how it must impact each and every decision that you're making today in your business.